Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Candid. This is episode 58. And since Alvaro is on the last leg of his journey through Jordan and Israel this week, um, I've invited my good friend and friend of the show, Thomas Wong, to join me. So welcome. Hello. Thank you. When I say that I invited Thomas, what I actually mean is that I invited myself to Thomas's house and brought recording equipment. So make of that what you will. But we're here. We're here with a very fun um, device sitting in front of us on the kitchen table. Uh, it's a relatively new device that's been making waves in the tech press. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what it is and why it's here? So the device in question is the Surface Go. Um, it's Microsoft's new 10-inch tablet. And it's like they've they've had the Surface family for years, as you know, uh, but this one's it's one pound, so it's it's a very good iPad competitor, yeah. is is what they put it out as. Yeah. Um, I picked it up actually. My workplace picked it up so that we could kind of test it to see if it would work well with our software. We do inventory software. We thought maybe this would be kind of a good mobile device for using it because it runs full Windows and we have a Windows app. And now you've had it for a few days and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your impressions, obviously. But um, I think the bigger picture here is us trying to revisit the topic that we were talking about the last time you were on, which is um, mobile computing devices and hybrid devices and um, how they do or do not work well for photographers. Because you and I are both in a in a fairly rare um, position of using iPads quite extensively, um, not just for photography, but also just as, as general portable machines. Um, you've also got a laptop, which I don't. So, you know, maybe we're, we're not quite on the same page there. But um, I, I, do, I do think that you and I use iOS devices in a professional context more than your average person. Um, so for me, it's interesting because we get to now um, see Microsoft's answer to this kind of smaller form factor. Um, and the Surface lineup has been around for, man, I don't remember how many years, but like you said, it's been a while. And I have owned or used almost literally all of them. So I have a soft spot for them. <laughs> um, and this one is intriguing. So I'm, I'm glad to finally like see it. Yeah, the um the the really intriguing thing about the surfaces is, is that they're Microsoft's making the kind of hardware that that we've been wanting on the iPad side, right? I mean, like yeah. it's it's got a built-in kickstand. Um the fact that it can run full desktop things is is a cool extra, but like it's really the fact that it has a USB port. Yeah. And this one in this case it's USB C, but the other ones have USB A. And then you have a micro SD card slot. So like you have expandability built into this mobile device. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's something that right now the iPad really does not do well at, giving you that option to to extend it um, in any particular way through hardware. Um, I'm going to pause for one second here just to add a little caveat. We are um, There's some construction happening next door to us, so if you hear any hammering or strange noises in the background, it's not us hitting each other. It is, in fact, construction. Anyway, so this Surface Go... Um, Right now, there are a couple of different tiers that you can buy. This particular one that's in front of us is the the sort of high-end model. Um, and I think that based on on what you've been saying so far, this is the one that that you think would be the uh, the one to get if you're considering one, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, like all of these devices that we're going to talk about today have a bunch of different tiers that you can buy. We'll kind of try and keep it simple by by just recommending one specific uh, setup that we think is the best. Yeah. Uh, for the Service Go, that would be the 128 gig model. Right. And uh, so this this particular Surface Go, um, it does run full Windows, which is which is compelling because a lot of people, when they think of the iPad, they think, oh, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to miss too many things, too many capabilities for my desktop machine, um, or, or there are too many workflows. It's, it's not so much that the iPad can't do stuff. It's that the way that you do that stuff on the iPad is so different from the way that they're used to doing it on the desktop, that it's just not, it's not a leap that they want to make. Like they're, they're willing to carry a larger device so that the, um, workflow habits that they have can be translated directly. And so this, um, this Surface Go is smaller than any of the previous surfaces. It's smaller than any of the iPads, except for the iPad mini, but it runs full windows. So in theory, it would give you the ability to bring those workflows over. Um, maybe in practice, that's not quite the case though. What have, what have you found? Cause <laughs> you've tried a few different, um, workflows on it. I mean, for us, like at work, at my, at my day job, the decision was pretty quickly, you know what? No, this is not, this is not really going to work out. Uh, just to load our app or even to load Chrome. You're waiting maybe three to seven seconds sometimes just to get the the app to lo- to load up in the taskbar. Wow, yeah, and that's that's definitely not the same kind of uh, caliber of speed that we're used to from from even the even the like normal iPad of several years ago. Exactly, and that that's that's really the thing. Like for the price point, uh, if you're comparing it against Apple's base iPad right now, the nine point seven inch, which is not a pro device anymore, it's it's just called the iPad. Uh, the 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 Surface Go is more expensive, and it feels slower almost all the time. Right, and, and so for things like Lightroom, for things like just viewing photos, for browsing the web, I wouldn't recommend it. Even this higher end model. Yeah, and it's a shame, really, because there is an opportunity I think for Microsoft to make a a smaller tablet that is powerful. Um, I think their biggest concern with the Go is probably uh, the the price point that they were trying to hit, and I feel as though they're they're target market was more education. I think this is their um, answer to Chromebooks more than um, more than a you know something that's supposed to attract pros that want something smaller because they have let's not forget they have the Surface Pro, which is um, basically the same device but a little bit bigger and with quite a bit more horsepower. And particularly this generation of Surface Pro is like a powerful ultrabook class machine. Yeah. Um, with the same form factor advantages, which is, I think that's why a lot of people who are, who are looking at the iPad Pro, um, because they like the tablet form factor and they like the sort of small, lightweight um, thing, the Surface Pro is, is the most obvious competitor there. Um, and I think that is definitely an easier comparison to make uh, just because you're not giving up as much versus your your desktop right like you're bringing over you're bringing over the same operating system if you're a, if you're a windows user um but you also have the horsepower to make that still functional and and that yeah uh, horsepower and the i'd say you can get the desktop level comfort as well because surface pros have that surface dock that you can buy as an extra accessory yeah and you basically you plug in one thing it's a magnetic connector and you can suddenly connect to your monitor all your usb peripherals with one thing. And so the mobile device that you've been carrying with you, which has can act like a tablet or a laptop, can suddenly be this desktop-like experience at home. Yeah. And the beauty of the dock is that not only is it something that um, you know you you connect and and suddenly it, like you said, it connects to whatever you have at home, like a, a larger display or whatever, but there's such a wealth of ports. And that's one of the things that the iPad of course, you know, everyone makes fun of it. It's It's got just the lightning port and it's got, well, I mean, the headphone jack for now anyway, 
but there's no USB, there's no SD card slot, there's no Ethernet, there's no, there's none of that, right? So you're you're either in Dongle Town, or you just don't use those things. Whereas the Surface gives you the option to be in both of those camps, right? When you're on the go, you can use dongles um, if you need them. But frankly, it has more USB ports. It's got, you know, like there are well, it ports. Has a USB port, but not that, this guy. The Surface Pro has. Uh, does it have two? I know. I might be wrong. It I, might think only it has, have I think it still has, has one. But it's still, it has yeah. a full USB-A port. Yes, exactly. So you something. could plug, you know, a flash drive right into it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but the dock gives you all the ports that you're looking for um, right there. So that's that's a capability that that's useful to have that the iPad can't really replicate in any in any way. Um, and again, if, if that's something that's crucial to, either crucial to your workflow or crucial to the way that you want to work, then that's an important consideration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say the one, the one big takeaway I had from the Surface Go experience. I've you've played with Pros. I've played with the Go in particular. Was that it made me wonder what more powerful hardware would make this Surface experience feel like, right? Like I almost felt like the Go was a gateway drug in that sense. <laughs> yeah. Like this, wow, to have a kickstand built in to be able to have this this keyboard that docks and then and it's a full keyboard and unlike iOS. It responds to all the keyboard shortcuts you know. Like it's not like picking and choosing. Like oh, this app does not have any. Sorry, you know. And the thing, the thing is, after having used the Surface Go, is as a tablet, like it's marketed as this sort of tablet first, right? But with full Windows. But but really, as you were kind of saying earlier, uh, it it almost feels like a surgically altered laptop. Those were your words. I'm stealing them live, <laughs> um, and it 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 feels. It feels clumsy to use with your finger. Yeah. You know, it, it really is a system that's designed to have a pointing device. And so when you load up something like Lightroom CC on something like the Surface Go or the Surface Pro, it doesn't feel optimized for touch. You might as well be sitting down and using a mouse. So like this whole idea of like, oh, I can just hold this in my hands and do things. Yes, but it's not that comfortable to do because it wasn't designed for that. Now, what I wonder is, you know, we we have this certain outlook on this because we are used to the affordances that the iPad has made for touch-based navigation, right? Like the iPad is built from the ground up for that. So of course it is uh, more robust in terms of what the touch experience is like. But for someone who's coming from having only ever used laptops or desktop machines and and someone who doesn't really have any established expectations as far as what a touch interface should do. Um, I wonder if the surface level of touch interaction is enough. Like I, I wonder if it's if it's enough of a of an improvement uh, and enough of a difference that they're excited by it and then that's perfectly fine for them. They don't feel it um, they don't feel those those edges that we feel where we're coming up against it because we we have certain expectations that are built up from years of iPad usage. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um and I think to be, you know, like the tablet usage kind of lends itself to very particular tasks, right? Reading a long article or reading a book, um, watching Netflix, watching YouTube. And, but even then I would say that like in my brief experience using Chrome and, and Microsoft Edge, that even then just what we think of as very simple gestures, like pinching to shut the video from full screen, they don't work on from what I was able to gather on, on edge or Chrome. Right. So it, that, that already, even just like a simple, small interaction like that, you're, you're having to seek out the small, like full screen button in the bottom right corner with your finger. And to me that, that instantly kind of breaks the magic. 
Yeah, and and honestly, that's that's the exact kind of thing that has always prevented me from um, from using Windows. Well, I shouldn't say always. So I used to use Windows as my only system when I was younger. But um, once I once I switched to a Mac and then eventually to iOS, I I sort of didn't go back. And I've always been exposed to Windows. Like there's there's Windows machines all around me all the time. So I've I've kept up with the developments in the operating system. But I I've never. I've never been able to bring myself to adopt it as my main system again because it feels like I'm always running into small um and it's it's usually small things it's very I I never run into like big catastrophic issues with them but it's just these these tiny little details that I'm not used to having to think about or I'm not used to having to um manage um and I understand you know in the interest of fairness I understand that there's value in being able to manage those things and in some cases it's stuff that you can't manage on a on a Mac or whatever the case may be but for me it's just the experience I I feel like I'm running into problems more often than I want to or I have to think about things more often than than I want to uh, things that are not the task at hand and so that's that's why for me it's a little frustrating to be on the sidelines here because I've always loved the Surface hardware. Uh, like you were saying, there are so many um, thoughtful touches to the way these are designed. The kickstand is wonderful, and particularly the the modern version of it that sort of um, can be left at any angle. Like remember the first generations of of Surface had two or three preset angles that they flipped out to, and that was that. This one you can put it wherever you want, and it just stays, and that's really awesome. Like it's such a uh, compared to the the somewhat strange and and awkward uh, smart keyboard or like smart cover origami style setup, the kickstand feels more intuitive. Um, so from a hardware perspective, you know I'm I'm all for it, but I always get hung up on the on the software side of things. That's that's to me the big impediment to adopting um, a Surface device, even though in theory it would give me more. Um, raw capabilities i suppose you know bringing desktop workflows on the go mm-hmm. um i would say in the surface family then that the the device that makes the most sense to me and is is most interesting to me is actually the surface book series right, right? yeah because then you have you have uh whereas the whereas the surface pros the surface goes are tablets that happen to have windows or that have windows period um the surface book is a laptop first with the advantages of a laptop form factor, extra ports, beefier processors, and a dedicated GPU, yes. which is possible in both the 13-inch and 15-inch models. But then the Surface Book is still Surface C because you can detach that muscle lock and then suddenly have this big 13-inch tablet that you can hand to a coworker or a client if you're on site. Yeah, and and honestly, that's the um, to me that's definitely the most interesting. Um, of like member of the surface family because of of that um it, it's almost like it's more confident because rather than trying to be you know like the surface pros to me are are trying to pretend that they're tablets when really they are ultrabooks um missing the keyboard component whereas the surface book is clearly they came at it from the other direction they said okay what if we built a really powerful laptop but then also gave it the ability to fulfill these less common but still important um, moments in a, in a in your life that require you to have something that's a little more portable a little easier to pass around something that's not as encumbered 
um, by the, the heavy keyboard bass. So I think the Surface Book is a really brilliant piece of engineering. It's a strange piece of engineering because the uh, fulcrum hinge or whatever they call the, you know, it doesn't close all the way flat. So you've got this odd teardrop shaped thing that you have to stuff into your bag and um but in terms of in terms of a device like that is that is definitely the kind of device that i think for a lot of people can replace a desktop a laptop and a tablet and just be one device that does all of it for you and um if you're if you're interested in portability still right like cuz cuz all, the reason we're talking about all these things is we want as light a kit on the go as possible yeah. with as much power as we can squeeze in reasonably. The 13-inch Surface Book, the i7 one in particular, has a dedicated GPU in the base. Yeah. And that is very rare for 13-inch form factor laptops. Yeah. I mean, like the newest MacBooks that are out in 2018, they have like quad-core processors, but the 13-inch does not have a DGPU. That's right. it's, it's still using an integrated GPU. And what that means is... Not as much, definitely not as much power for video editing, if you're going to do that. But like, it also means things like Lightroom Classic, which can take advantage of GPUs. Just, it doesn't perform quite as well without one. Yeah. And and there's a, obviously there's a trade-off in terms of, uh, in terms of heat and battery life and stuff like that. But it's a trade-off that I think a lot of people are willing to make if they're looking for a powerful machine on the go. Like that's not something that um, is going to affect people that much, I think. Um, depending on the kind of travel that you do, you, you're often um, within reach of a power source often enough that it's like, I, I would rather have that extra horsepower. Like, give me give me the option. Um, and like you said, I mean, this, this is really, we're talking about uh, hybrids specifically because uh, we're iPad users, um, but the Windows side is is in some ways more ambitious because it's trying to be both things at once, right? Like Apple is, has really doubled down on the idea of the tablet as a focused, it's, ju- it's just a tablet. It's just a tablet. Now, what they've been pushing for instead is what does it mean to be a tablet, right? Like what can you accomplish on a tablet? We have this notion that tablets are, are good for consumption, but you can't really do serious things on them. And they've been struggling, but, you know, working hard for years to to encourage developers and to encourage users to take a chance on more ambitious workflows on the iPad. And their point is, you know, we have this, this idea in our minds that you need a mouse and keyboard to do these things, but is that actually the case? Or is it just a matter of us being really used to that interface for all our pro apps? Does it mean that pro apps can't be designed for a touch and pen based interface? Or does it mean that no one's done it yet, right? And I think that's what we're starting to see now with um, in the photography realm with things like Affinity Photo, things like um, even Lightroom CC. Like these are these are powerful, fully capable professional apps that work really well on an iPad without a mouse. You know, like it's it's doable. So um, that's what's exciting to me is because I prefer iOS as a as an environment, as a general computing environment, to Windows. So for me, I'm willing to make those trade-offs in terms of uh, capability, I suppose, in favor of having a better user experience. And what it means in a lot of cases, and this is what we were talking about last time, is it means having patience. Because even last time we were on, I think it was before before there was the iOS 11 sort of dock um, and files yeah. app system. It was before Lightroom gained preset sync and, and all sorts of other things. Um, so it's, it's a slow process, but I do feel like where we, where we've ended up is, um, more pleasant. Yeah. I, 
I mean, they're both coming from different directions, right? Like iOS is is touch first, tablet first, and so and it's crawling in the direction of of the the full desktop power in terms of features that we're used to. So like having like a healing brush, you know, is is like a novel cool thing now yeah. to have on iOS, but it's it's not a big deal in desktop. Uh, whereas the surface is coming from the other direction and desktop kind of crawling towards being more touch friendly. Yeah. Um, which, and so like I, I do, I do feel more on the, the iOS side overall right now, based on seeing this sort of family of surface devices, having played with them. Um, the, the surface book feels like the most honest sort of, uh, honest take on on what they have now because it's their strength first the laptop and the power of the laptop and then the detachability of a tablet screen yeah but but uh on on ios they actually have very good offerings in the form of the 9.7 inch ipad right now and then if you want more than that you can get the 10.5 and 12.9 inch ipad pros yeah and, and we should talk a little bit about about the ipads because the lineup is is more um, I think balanced is the right word now. Um, it used to be the case that if you wanted to do anything quote unquote serious with your iPad, you had to go for an iPad Pro. But as of this year's standard iPad, they've brought pencil functionality in, which means that a lot of the uh, apps like Affinity Photo that really benefit from having a more precise pointing device are suddenly accessible to people who aren't shelling out a thousand plus dollars for for the Pro end model. So. Now it becomes a much more interesting comparison between something uh, like the Surface Go and the iPad because, it you know if, if the Surface Go had come out last year we would have said well, you know the Surface uh, Go gives you pen capabilities gives you all of this at a much lower price point, but now that's no longer the case because the iPad is actually an equivalent iPad. So if you're buying a 128 gigabyte um, iPad Wi-Fi only. You're paying five hundred and fifty dollars uh, Canadian, um, which compares very favorably to the six ninety nine that you'd pay for the for the Surface Go that we have on the table in front of us here. So suddenly it becomes a little less, um, you know, a, a little less clear cut. And I think what's interesting is because we have now both had some time with with these families, um, I want to try and I want to try and answer the question of which which one makes more sense for what kind of use case. Mm-hmm. Um, saying, you know, like let's say that we are photographers looking for a hybrid device. In what situations does it make sense to go for the Surface over an iPad Pro? Um, and this is relevant even to you and I because come fall, there's most likely going to be a new iPad, and you and I are both still on the 2015 iPad Pros, so we're sort of you know, feeling due for an update, and and it'll be interesting to see if we feel compelled to to upgrade to that iPad or if it's maybe time to uh, to jump ship. Mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, if you were talking about like use case recommendations, I would say the clear cut one for the Surface, and I'll say maybe the Surface Pro at first, right? Uh, because that is the sort of the more the most portable one, but it still has a good amount of power to yeah. do things like load Lightroom and use Photoshop. Yeah, so just to be just to be clear, your conclusion is basically if you're a photographer, the Surface Go does not have the horsepower to yeah. keep up. With. Sorry, I just skipped right over that because frankly, like I'm just loading it up, booting it up just from sleep. It takes a little while. Windows Hello works surprisingly well. Right. But there was a period where I was waiting 10 minutes for a Chrome tab to 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 refresh. Right. And yeah. I, I didn't have Dropbox in the background. I had very few background tasks. 
Yeah. Like three apps open and, and Chrome was one of them. So that's just the kind of performance that's going to frustrate basically anybody. Like it's it's not it's not acceptable for the amount of money that you're paying for it to have to wait that long for basic. In Canadian, with the with the keyboard and the the model I got, it was nearly a thousand Canadian. Right. And you shouldn't have to wait for a Chrome tab to refresh for a thousand Canadian. I agree. Your phone can do that faster. Yeah. You know, um, but the Surface Pro, I would say, if if I didn't carry my own laptop around for work as well, right, uh, then the Surface Pro would be more compelling because it would be, if I was a freelancer, if I owned my own business, um, that would be one device to bring around that I could surf on the couch on or I could watch Netflix in bed on because it's it's got that nice kickstand. Yeah. But at the same time, I can bring that to a site and and shoot on it, tether on it, right? You can just tether yeah. your camera right to it. Uh, preview with the client right there, have the client hold their own pictures. And then when you get back home and you want to do more, you dock it with a Surface Dock and it it all kind of comes to life as this big desktop experience. That, I think that's a very, it's, it's not even just a dream, like that's, that's very doable, but it is very expensive, yeah. right? I mean, for the i7 with 512 gigs, 16 gigs RAM, that's 2450 Canadian. Right, yeah. And I, and I think that that's really where... Um, where the decision becomes complicated is what do you already have? Yeah, absolutely. And what are you, are you trying to replace something or are you trying to augment something? Because I agree with you. Like if I were in a position where I wanted one device to do it all, then the Surface Pro makes a lot of sense to me because like you said, it does all those things. It does some things that an iPad can't do. Like there isn't really a wired tethering solution for the iPad that works anywhere near as well as just literal native tethering. So that's a, that's a definite consideration. The other side of it though is, um, you know, yes, it's expensive, but if you are, if you're thinking of it as something that replaces having a MacBook, having an iPad, having a desktop, then suddenly that's not a lot of money compared to having all of those separate devices. Plus the convenience of knowing that it's all in one device that can adapt to these different use cases seamlessly. Yeah, especially because that price, you do have 16 gigs of RAM. Like that's a that's a very good amount of RAM too. Yeah. You can even probably do some video editing with that. It's yeah. not going to be ideal, but if you take the time to render stuff beforehand, you can get things done. And depending on what you're using, like if you're using Premiere to edit, then you're going to have a much happier time on a Windows machine than you will on a Mac because the the optimization gap is is vast. It's a little sad how Premiere performs on a Mac, frankly, but separate conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um for me, uh, what I've got right now is a 13-inch um, Touch Bar MacBook right. from 2016, and I'm, I'm, I use that for Lightroom and Final Cut. And even though it doesn't have a dedicated GPU, Final Cut does a pretty good job right. of of working without rendering too much. And you're working with 4K timelines as well. Yeah, I've uh, mostly 1080, but then I also do my XT2 does do 4K, and so I've I've done whole videos in that as well. Right. And it's not it's not painstaking, right. you know. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I, I have that and I have this 2015 iPad Pro, the same as you. Yeah. Big iPad Pro. So right now it does feel like I'm, when I carry them both, I'm carrying two 13-inch devices around. It feels, it, it feels too heavy for, for having to carry those two things. So I was thinking probably a 10.5-inch this fall. Right. Something that I can still comfortably type on at a cafe. It's not going to be, I've kind of given up the dream of like working all day on the iPad. Yeah. I, I was I was really obsessed with that for years. I wanted to be able to do all of my office work on it and do photo editing. 
And the photo editing part is actually very doable now. Yeah. It's just the comfort of not having a pointing device and, and tapping the screen all the time. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it gets tiring. But I do love having a, a small tablet that feels all my own, that isn't that doesn't belong to work. Yeah. Um, that can fit all of my photos on it, because I would get a 512 gig one. And and that feels purpose built for for the kind of tasks I want it for. Um, and I feel like the Surface Pro, if I were to get one of those to replace my iPad, it it would just feel like I'd be carrying two laptops around. I mean, you effectively would be, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like, I mean, I would run the same version of Lightroom on both. I could run Lightroom Classic on both, which would be great, but like, there's no need to, yeah. you know, I would just, I should just carry one of those things around. It makes sense. Cause in your case, there's a bit of, it's almost like there's some overlap, right? Because you are, it's not just that the size is similar, but they're both mobile devices, right? And yes, a laptop is, is more of a, a capable device, but realistically you have to have a very clear um, boundary between what you use one for and what you use the other for in order to justify having both and continuing to update both at the same pace, right? But yeah, I mean, I think going to a 10.5 makes a lot of sense. I I had the 10.5 briefly, but I missed the uh, I missed the larger screen because um, in in my case, I don't I don't own a laptop, so my computing situation is entirely separated between a beastly 27 inch iMac at home. And then my iPad Pro uh, is my one and only sort of mobile computing device. And for my use case, it's been great. Like I really don't miss having a laptop. There are certain things that I can't do on my iPad that I wish I could. Things like, um, you know, sometimes I have to work with uh, with InDesign, for instance. Um, and there's no way for me to, to do that, obviously, on the iPad. Um, if there were an equivalent app. So for instance, we know that Serif is working on an app to join Affinity Designer and Affinity Photo, something that is um, something that's a, a publishing app, something like InDesign. If they release that on the iPad too, then I might actually be able to do the vast majority of my work on an iPad, which would be pretty exciting. Like that's I, this podcast right now is being recorded on my iPad. It's going to be edited on the iPad. Uh, you know, all of the photography stuff works. I'm bouncing back and forth between the desktop and the iPad. Um, for me, it's really what I like to do is I import on the on the um, iMac, but then I I actually take the iPad and do the culling on the iPad because it it sort of separates me. It's a different context, and I could just sit on the couch and swipe through, and it just feels like a more organic way of of deciding what photo to keep, what photo not to keep, and because. Lightroom CC is is effectively equivalent on all platforms now. It means that I I don't have to think of it as a sacrifice in capability. It's not like, oh, I've got to go back to my desktop if I want to do this kind of curves edit. No, it's anything that Lightroom can do on the desktop, it can do on mobile now, which is really fantastic. Like that's been a I think for photographers in particular, that's been a terrific improvement in um their in the choices that they can make now with a hybrid device because it means that the iPad is suddenly viable in a way that it maybe was not before. Yeah. Since, since that last episode that we recorded Lightroom CC has come a long way. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you can do profiles and the preset sync now make presets on the go. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's gotten to the point where, yeah, I don't really feel like I'm missing out on the desktop experience if I'm editing on the iPad. Yeah. And, and the fact that you can import 
you know, into, and of course the, the importing situation is still frustrating on the iOS side, just because there's no way to, to get, get something directly out. from an SD card into Lightroom. But even so, like that's, to me, that's something that once you, once you understand that, and once you understand how you have to do it, it's, it's a small price to pay, honestly. And it's one that I feel one way or the other is going to go away eventually. Like so many of the other small hangups have over the years. Um, but it goes back to what I was saying before about needing to be patient if you're gonna if you're gonna walk this path. Well, okay. Speaking of patience, then for because it I, I can understand mine because I already have a mobile. Uh, la- I have a laptop, yeah. you know, a mobile desktop operating system setup. Let's say it's a very roundabout way of saying laptop, <laughs> um, but you don't, and you specifically, you know, you before you bought your iMac and you had a Mac Pro before you had you tried out the 15 inch MacBook. I, I mean, I had a MacBook before um, before my my Mac Pro. I had a um, a 15 inch MacBook Pro that was when I was still in university. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, with what we've said about the surfaces, because you're trying to fill the div- you know the this gap of a mobile device that's maybe around 12, 13 inches in display size that can do photo and and carry your files around and let you write on the go. Why not a Surface Pro for you this fall? For me, it's all down to software. That's the honest truth. I think if I got along better with Windows as an operating system, as an environment, if the apps that I love and that I've built so much of my personal productivity workflows and writing workflows around, if they all existed on the Windows side, I would I would be very tempted because I could consolidate down to one device, like we were saying. That's like conceptually to me, that's very compelling, but I can't. I can't get past the hurdle of um, having to deal with Windows as my as my main environment for everything because it's not. Don't get me wrong; I can navigate Windows without any issues. I'm familiar with it. I know how to do things, but it doesn't. To me, it's not a delightful experience in the way that the best of iOS and the best of Mac OS are. And both of those have their own hangups too. It's not like I'm saying they're they're perfect, but. Just because of my familiarity with them and the way that I've built my workflows, to me, the experience of using them is so much smoother and so much more pleasant that the idea of giving that up um, is is too it, it's a step too far, even for the you know the the benefits of having just one device that adapts to whatever context I'm in. So that's that's really all it comes down to for me. Yeah, and, it, and that is a pity because if. If we're speaking tr- uh, purely of photo stuff, then actually the the Surface Pro has a simpler setup. You still need yeah. a dongle to to have an SD card reader, so you can get stuff onto the device. But it imports directly into Lightroom. Wait, no, you don't. For the Surface Book, it's got an SD card slot. I think Surface Book, yes, Surface Pro. Oh, Surface Pro, right? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Pro has a micro SD right, right, card. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, like that part is actually more straightforward. Than on yes. iOS, it's that's just why like, there's an element of frustration exactly. under this because I look at it and I'm like, I know that in some ways this is better, this is simpler, this is more straightforward. And if all I were doing, if all I cared about was Lightroom, yeah, then it would be a no-brainer. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's not all I care. Exactly, about. It, these these devices are so expensive that, and and they're so multi-purpose that we we want them to do more. And, and yeah, there are there are apps like Things. Uh, day one that I I wouldn't want to leave behind. Yeah, and there's nothing like that in the like I have yet to see any task management environment on the Windows side that comes anywhere close to the level of of uh, just polish really that that things has. 
Um, and, and those are the kinds of things that once you're used to them, it's very hard to go back. It's very, very difficult. And I'm, unfortunately, I'm stuck there. That's, that's where I am. Yeah, ditto. I, I think it's like this fall, it's looking like an iPad of some sort. I'm, I might just keep this one as a home device. Yeah. And like, and then that way I sort of have the big canvas if I want it. And then the 10.5 inch kind of comes around with me. I have to say, I am very impressed by how well my iPad has held up in yes. terms of, in terms of performance, you know, like I'm going to say battery life has, is definitely um, declined, although not tragically, like it's not bad by any stretch, but it's worse than it used to be. So, okay. But performance still feels as snappy as it ever did. And it's cool because over the years, like since 2015, when I got it, the the kinds of things that I can do on this iPad, I mean, like I said, I'm almost at the point now where I can accomplish almost all of my like normal job, job work on the iPad, which is amazing. And it's something that I didn't actually think was going to be the case when I bought it initially. So while I am very tempted by the idea of a new generation of iPad, um, I think whenever you're upgrading something like this, skipping a generation or two gives you a lot of uh, advantages in terms of feeling like you're getting value for your money, right? That's always the case. Like unless, unless you have money burning a hole in your pocket, it's good to skip a generation because then there are so many enhancements, especially if it's a new form factor or something like that. You skip whatever issues showed up in the first, you know, like people who bought that first gen of butterfly keyboard on the MacBook Pro side got like burned. Me. <laughs> like you. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, that's the kind of thing I mean. So now I'm I'm super like I'm I cannot wait to see what Apple's going to release. Um, I hope that it's, you know, something that takes cues from the iPhone 10 in terms of um, face ID replacing touch ID in terms of uh, screen growing, bezels shrinking. Um, it's that to me is going to be an ideal device like this iPad Pro to me is perfect for what exists on the market right now. Um, and the, the new, or I guess the 2017, 20, 2017 was when they refreshed them, right? Yeah. To me, that one was not that compelling because the changes that it brought were not the kinds of things that would transform my usage of the iPad. So I was willing to wait. Um, but I feel like whatever comes out this fall is going to be enough of a leap forward that I will feel, um, like it's an upgrade, like it's that it feels justified because it's going to be expensive and I'm prepared for that. Um, but yeah, I think for, for me, the iPad remains the natural choice for a mobile computing device, but I also recognize that my case is is different than a lot of people's because I have, I'm willing to be patient with some of these things. I'm willing to find the workaround. I'm willing to invent new workflows. And a lot of people who are not interested in that, who are not excited by the idea of, of trying new workflows and new technologies are gonna just be like, no, I don't, I'm gonna wait until someone makes the thing that lets me take my desktop workflow and put it in my pocket. And that's the thing that I'm going to get. And if it takes five years to get there, okay. So that's the world of hybrid devices for you. Yeah, absolutely. Like if, if I sort of had to wrap it up in a nutshell, I would say surfaces are and have been for a while, very compelling and, and increasingly powerful devices. Yeah. Uh, if you're, if you're on the market to pick one up for some sort of photo usage, um, Surface Pro is probably kind of that sweet spot. Surface Book, if you really want to replace everything, yeah. I think. Um, but but if you go into it and you haven't used one before, just know that yeah, expect to use the mouse and keyboard more and be more comfortable on that side rather than wanting it to be your new tablet. You know, it's yeah. like 
it can be, but it's not, it's not a great experience right now. Yeah. But it's, and that can be okay because the hardware is really fun to use. Yeah. And I think, again, that's really, I think that for a lot of people, that is the correct balance because they are looking to go from their desktop computing to something like that, but mobile. So their, their tablet needs, so to speak, are much more limited. So if they're only using it as a tablet 30% of the time, then to them, it's more important that the other 70% feel familiar and capable. And you know, that's, that is really where the Surface family excels. Mm -hmm.